Welcome to this Christian Patriot News Update. Today is Friday, May 20th, 2022. Let's get started with the latest developments on the John Durham trial of Michael Sussman. We'll hear from both John Solomon and Devin Nunez to get us started. Then we'll move on to Trump's promise to drain the swamp. Remember, the lying mainstream media truly is the enemy of we the people. I'll bring in this viral clip of MSNBC's, remember Trump and Q, called them MS. DNC, but you'll watch Nicole Wallace get caught in lie after lie after lie. Now remember, they're knowingly partnering in this. Members of the media are complicit in treason and sedition against we the people of the United States of America. These people are sick and stupid. And then I'll bring you shocking coverage from NBC on Biden family corruption. But don't think for a second these people are acting with integrity. They have no choice. Between Garrett Ziegler posting 120,000 incriminating Hunter Biden laptop emails online for the world to see, and all things John Durham, plus 2,000 mules opening the eyes of millions to the proof of election fraud, they have no choice but to start covering these stories to salvage any hope of maintaining any amount of credibility that they can still muster. And the Trump endorsement is proving too powerful to stop. I'm going to bring you an awesome clip from Pennsylvania's Doug Mastriano. And you'll see firsthand what America First looks like. And remember, with Q, the future proves past. Watch this amazing Q proof on Supreme Court justices getting around-the-clock protection. It's on your screen now. Q drop 2283. It was originally posted September 27th of 2018. And you're going to see that come to fruition in the last 24 hours. John, I know you've got a reporter there in the courtroom. Give us an update on that trial. Yeah, yeah. So far, the Sussman team's had a tough day today. At the beginning of the day, they went to the judge and said, we want a mistrial. We don't like what Michael Sussman's uh, own colleague, Mark Elias, said on the stand. And the judge said, uh, not in my courtroom. You're not going to pull that here. No, we're not having a mistrial. We're going to go ahead. And then one of the star witnesses for John Duren came in. He's the former FBI general counsel, James Baker. And he confirmed the big lie, which is, Hey, when Michael Sussman came to me, he dumped all that Trump dirt on me. He told me he didn't have a client. He told it to me in a text message. He told it to me verbally. I then told it to other FBI agents. And oh, by the way, it affected the way we handled this information. We treated him like a confidential source when he should have been a lawyer representing a client. A lot of things would have changed. Tough day, not an easy day to be on the Michael Sussman defense team. Another good day of wins for John Durham. Countless Americans struggle with managing their weight. If you're like most, you noticed it was easier to stay lean before age 20. After 20, our metabolism slows down 4% every decade. How do we beat this genetic pitfall? With Patriot Keto. This amazing powder works by increasing the level of ketones in your body. Nothing will help you lose weight faster or more effective. And you won't have to cut out carbs to get lean fast. Imagine how fit you'll look this summer putting these powerful ketones to work for you. Get up to 51% off for the next 24 hours by going to www.patriotketo. That's patriotketo.com. It's the first link in the description box below this video. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you're supporting this frontline soldier. You know, I look at this, Devin, and the prosecution laying out the case. 
that Clinton's lawyer used the FBI to create this October surprise against Trump. They started with uh, witnesses, uh, Mark Elias and FBI General Counsel Baker, uh, based on reporting. What is your take on where they are in the trial? Because uh, that's pretty much what we all figured out and the rest of the world ignored at the time. Look, I think what you're seeing here is Durham is bringing a very s slim part of the overall conspiracy. He had to bring it to Washington, D.C. You know, for lack of a better term, it's like the magical kingdom, Disneyland. Uh, you know, if you look at it, the, the judge is related. The, you know, the judge is a lawyer. His is wife is the lawyer for one of the people that are involved in this. You've got the jurors contaminated. And I believe this. If, it was, if this case was not brought in D.C., and I'm sure Durham had to bring the case to D.C., uh, there's no way that Sussman would not have pled guilty. Sussman's best case right now is that he can get one or two jurors to hold this up to let them off scot-free. If not, none of their story adds up. So the good thing that we are learning from this is that for the first time, Durham is actually able to bring direct evidence that Mark and Jim Jordan, some of us, we didn't have some of this direct evidence. We only had circumstantial evidence. But for example, I think one of the things that came out today that's plain as day testimony, you know, in Washington, D.C. there, you have, we now know, journalists who were meeting directly with the Democrats, taking this horrible story and willing to go and put it out there just to destroy Republicans, destroy President Trump before the election. I think, so there's a lot coming out in this. And I would say, I don't know what's going to happen in the magical kingdom. I'm sure they're grooming people there now to make sure that they get off. But here's going to be the problem. Danchenko trial starts here in a couple months. It's going to be in Virginia probably a far different jury when they get to Virginia. It was 100% confident Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman was not acting on behalf of his client when he handed over now debunked information linking Donald Trump to Russia. Baker also saying the FBI looked at the alleged Trump-Russian bank connection and, quote, there was nothing there. Correspondent David Spond is once again outside the U.S. District Court in Washington. Good evening, David. Hello, Brett. Good evening to you. James Baker, the former FBI general counsel, was so concerned with defendant Michael Sussman's allegations that Baker personally alerted his bosses, former FBI director James Comey and his deputy Andrew McCabe. Baker was on the stand all day today. He'll be back again tomorrow. He is the central witness in this specific case. He agreed to meet with Sussman, who claimed to have information linking the Trump organization to Russia via a secret back channel. Baker told jurors today when receiving that information from Sussman, his friend, he wanted to get it off his desk as soon as possible since he was an attorney, not an FBI agent. Baker says that Sussman came to the September 2016 meeting with hard copy documents and two thumb drives. Baker then alerted other top FBI officials who were already separately looking into now unproven ties between Trump and Russia. The former FBI general counsel says that Sussman warned him that the New York York Times was well aware of these allegations and was just days away from publishing a front page story. Baker says, though, he never asked Sussman how the New York Times specifically got the information. Today, Sussman sat stoic in court as day three of his trial churned on. He's facing one charge of lying to the FBI, but steadfastly claims he was delivering the information to Baker on his own as a concerned citizen, not on behalf of any clients, including the Clinton campaign. But special counsel John Durham says his team has evidence showing Sussman later billed the Clinton campaign for the private FBI meeting. 
Today we got a lot of great information that was frankly shocking to me as well as Donald Trump's attorney, but will be incredibly helpful to our case. Um, we heard testimony from Baker yesterday from Elias, who completed his testimony, and basically everybody is finger pointing, which is exactly what you would suspect. Um, Mr. Baker admitted that he is a friend of uh, Michael Sussman, that he got a text message where Michael Sussman said, hey, I'm coming to the FBI. I need a meeting. It's very urgent. The urgency, by the way, was that it was October and the election was in November. But I need to come speak to you, not on behalf of my clients or anyone else, for me as a good citizen. Remember, they're friends. He knew he worked for the DNC. He knew he also happened to be Hillary Clinton's campaign general counsel. Never mind that. He has a meeting. No agents goes ahead, sits down with him, doesn't report it, gets documents, which were drafted by Sussman, hands them over to Peter Strzok. And I'll remind you, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, they're the lovers that were talking about colluding to get Trump out, and there was no way they were going to get him elected. What's worse well, is today, Sean, yep. we heard the most disturbing part, which is that when the FBI general counsel, Baker, finishes his term at the FBI, has to resign because he's under investigation from the Durham uh, probe, he goes in and says, I need a job, goes to Sussman and tries to get a job at Perkins Coie. Doesn't get it, then goes to where he is now, Twitter. Twitter. You, you, he's the you, general you, counsel of Twitter. You can't even Twitter. make this up. Now, he's on trial as part of the special counsel John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Russia investigation. Cash Patel is a former chief of staff at the Department of Defense, also a former federal prosecutor. So you know this story very well. Tell me about the, the, what happened today, because the defense tried to ask for a mistrial. I don't know what the grounds are for a mistrial. Was that just normal course of a defense strategy or do they see problems ahead with their strategy. I think it's both. So look, as a former public defender and federal prosecutor, I tried 60 jury trials to verdict. And you lay a record, so you always ask for a mistrial when you think there's okay. an issue for appeals. But the shocking part about this was they asked, they, the defense, on behalf of Michael Sussman, asked for a mistrial when Mark Elias, the head of the DNC law firm that was hired by the Clinton campaign, basically testified that not only did he hire Fusion GPS to do the opposition research on steel, his partner was the defendant, and they were working for the Hillary Clinton campaign. And so this is why the defense is in sort of on thin ice, because they're like, wait a second, our entire platform has been he did not go to the FBI uh, on behalf of any campaign. Correct. So Mike, here's what Mark Elias said. Uh, Given who I represent, I tend to not want more people to know about it than have to know about it. And then you have Sussman saying, well, you know, look, I did work for the Clinton campaign, of course, but when I went to the FBI, it was totally separate. Here's a text message that he sent to the general counsel of the FBI. It says, Jim, it's Michael Sussman. I have something time sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. Do you have availability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own, not on behalf of a client or company. Want to help the bureau. Thanks. How'd that go over? Not well. That text message was sent one day before the meeting actually took place between Sussman and Baker. And the kicker is that what most Americans don't realize is these, the testimony of the, of the defense witnesses and Elias and Sussman are locked in. I interrogated them under oath four years ago when I led the Russiagate investigation. John Durham is using those interrogations, uh, the deposition transcripts, in court. So that's why uh, Mark Elias can't run away from the truth, and that's why Michael Sussman is boxed in. He, John Durham, has entered those exhibits into court and said, if you lie, we're going to impeach you with this. I read Andy McCarthy's piece today in the New York Post as well. It says, the headline, I think, is just a reminder of, you know, we're talking about Sussman, we're talking about Baker, we're talking about Elias. 
But Hillary Clinton <laughs> is the head of the campaign. And the headline for Andy McCarthy's piece is Clinton Lawyer's Ridiculous Defense and Trump Frame-Up. And she really has never had to answer any questions about this. You know, she rolls her eyes. She says it's ridiculous. But at this point, when I read these things, I'm like, well, isn't it kind of obvious? Yeah, let's just step back a little bit. You know politics better than anyone, Dana. How can the head of the campaign who's running the ticket spend... 10 to 50 million dollars funding this disinformation campaign not possibly know about it and who's on the stand tomorrow robbie mook the defense uh the hillary clinton campaign head and who's after that podesta and possibly jake sullivan these are people that ran her campaign they're testifying in this trial because they knew where the money was going and now she's going to come in and say i still had no idea i was spending 50 to 100 million dollars of our campaign funds mm -hmm. on oppo research that was fake it's a tough sell, but you're right. No one's asking her the hard question. Uh, Sussman, apparently his lawyers today said they don't know if they'll ask him to take the stand. That's typical in a defense trial? That's typical, and it's highly unlikely that Sussman yeah. takes the stand on this one. They, he would get crushed on cross-examination. All right. Well, this is super interesting. I'll say, I, just hold this up for everybody. Yeah. This is his new book. It's called The Plot Against the King. It's a children's book about this whole thing. And it's, I have to tell you, I just took a quick look at the illustrations. really good. Order it on theplotagainstthekeng.com. That's pretty cool. I really appreciate you coming in because... Uh, I think your experience as a former prosecutor and public defender, as you mentioned, and having been at the Defense Department and having known uh, what was going on within the White House um, as they tried to defend themselves against these attacks is super interesting. Thanks for having me. I love being here. Okay. All right, Cash, thanks. It's harder to manage our weight now more than ever, not just because we're surrounded by things that trigger cravings like fast food chains everywhere. Most of our weight gain is outside our control. After age 20, we're genetically wired to gain weight. Our body's metabolism slows down by as much as 4% every decade. By 50, our metabolism's down over 10%. This significantly contributes to our weight gain, and it's a major risk to our health. That's why I highly recommend Patriot Keto. This amazing powder will help you lose more weight faster than anything else. The secret is it helps increase the ketone levels in your body to combat the slowed metabolism that comes with aging. Patriot Keto makes losing weight easy, and you won't have to drastically cut carbs or sugars either. Imagine how fit and toned you'll be this summer with Patriot Keto. If you've been looking for a great way to support your weight loss, you'll love Patriot Keto. Get up to 51% off for the next 24 hours by going to www.patriotketo.com. It's the first link in the description box below this video. Ready. Look, I was right. Go. Let's see what happens to him now. The fake news media, turn your cameras, please, and show what's really happening out here.
all this swamp. And you know what happened? And you know what I did? A big favor. I caught the swamp. I caught them all. Let's see what happens. President talking about exterminating Latinos. 100% pants on fire. The Havana syndrome. Headaches and a loud noise. Clearly acts of aggression, acts of war. Scientists say the sounds were crickets. The Havana syndrome. Our enemies might be weaponizing technology, beaming something to hurt people's brains. The claims are scientifically implausible. Donald Trump to now investigate a conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. This theory needs to be investigated, which is what President Biden is doing. Hunter Biden's laptop reveals emails. We shouldn't look at it as anything other than a Russian disinformation operation. The Hunter Biden laptop material is genuine. The murder of a police officer. Officer Brian Sicknick was killed in the line of duty. They beat a Capitol police officer to death. Officer Sicknick died of natural causes. The Steele dossier. It may be dirty, but it ain't fake. Obviously, the Steele dossier is discredited by far action. I mean, this is the lunatic response to what is a very rational, evidence-based, fact-based investigation. FBI pleads guilty to doctoring email. What the report shows is something that won't be surprising to people that have spent a lot of time in the federal government. The report left former officials aghast. The FBI is exonerated today. It doesn't vindicate anyone at the FBI who touched this. They are all absolved of any wrongdoing. The activities we found here don't vindicate anybody. The Trump administration cleared peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters so the president could take a photo in front of a church. We did not find evidence that federal agents used CS gas. The D.C. police used the CS gas. Protesters were gassed to clear the way for Trump's photo op. Demonstrators were pushed out to allow contractors to build a fence, a response to damage done during the two previous nights of rioting. Russians offered a bounty for the killing of U.S. soldiers. U.S. intel walks back claim Russians put bounties on American troops. This mountain of evidence that we now have of bounties that Russia paid. The Biden White House acknowledged there was little evidence. January 6th committee's investigation into a seven-hour, 37-minute gap. Possible cover-up in the records of calls, and it is no coincidence. The call logs are complete with no missing pages. The gap is explained by use of White House landlines and cell phones. These are the facts. Let that sink in. The president's son under growing scrutiny tonight over his finances with federal prosecutors in Delaware investigating Hunter Biden and whether he broke federal tax law. Now, a representative for Mr. Biden tells NBC News his bill from the IRS, about $2 million, has been paid off. Two people familiar with the matter say the money was arranged by one of the younger Biden's new attorneys, Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris, best known for brokering a deal for the South Park TV show. Does paying that tax bill wash away any liability that Hunter Biden may have now? Paying the tax bill, if in fact that's what he did, doesn't undo the crime. It would be like returning money to a bank that you robbed. You still robbed the bank. 
The president's son and his company brought in about $11 million between 2013 and 2018, including some years in which his father was vice president, working as an attorney, a board member to a Ukrainian gas company accused of bribing a prosecutor, and for a joint venture involving a Chinese businessman now accused of fraud, according to an NBC News analysis of a copy of Biden's hard drive and iCloud account, as well as documents released by a Senate committee. During the campaign, then-candidate Joe Biden denied his son profited off a China connection. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. The records show Hunter Biden's company received nearly $5 million in consulting contracts from that joint venture funded by a Chinese energy company. A snapshot of Hunter Biden's spending shows that for about five months in late 2017 and early 2018, he spent more than $200,000 a month on things like luxury hotel rooms, cash withdrawals, dental work, and payments on a Porsche, according to documents on the hard drive, a time period in which Hunter Biden has acknowledged struggling with drug addiction. The immediate focus appears to be for both the president and Hunter Biden is whether or not there'll be any charges as a result of this federal criminal investigation. God is good, and all the time. <laughs> Any uh, freedom-loving Americans in the house here? <laughs> wow, First Corinthians one twenty-seven gives us all hope. God uses the foolish to confound the wise, and the weak to confound the strong, right? That's his story, and he uses people like you and me to change history. I always like to say when we make his story our story, we can change history. But it's, a, it's been a time to try our souls. I'm, I'm looking across uh, the past couple years here, and I'm looking at some other champions out here that fought with us. And you remember when the schools shut down and they mashed up your kids, deprived your kids of uh, athletic opportunities, scholarships, of, of their education, of their prom, of life, masking them up for no, no scientific reason to do that. Remember your businesses, you know, essential, non-essential? Non-essential? Not in my Pennsylvania, what do you say? Absolutely not. It was a dark time in Levine, you know, follow the science. You know. Only a Democrat can get away with failed policies of sending the sick in the homes, killing thousands, and get away with it. And, and their darling, of course, would, would be promoted to Admiral, <laughs> Woman of the Year. Anyway. But uh, we, we, they like to call people who stand on the Constitution far right and extreme. I repudiate that. That is crap. That is absolutely not true. Actually, their party, which the media stands for and advocates for, they've gone extreme. They're the ones that sent the, the uh, sick back in the homes, their policies, Democrat policies, and killed so many. That's extreme. That's extreme forcing your kids a mask up. That's extreme forcing health care workers to lose their job for not getting a jab. I'm not owned by the donor class. I'm owned by the people of Arizona. And when I get into office, God willing, and if you vote for me, I will be your servant. I will, be, I will work for you. And I think we've gotten it backwards for a long time. We elect people and they think that we, they own us. No, no, no. That's not how this was set up. We are the people, and we own the government. We're in charge of the government. We put you in office to represent us, so I will represent you, and I'll do it honestly. 
So we've got a big agenda. We're gonna uh, we're gonna shut down the crazy drug trafficking and human trafficking at the border. This is Ingram Angle from Washington tonight. Late tonight, Attorney General Merrick Garland directed the U.S. Marshals Service to assist in providing 24-hour security to justices because of all the threats that they've received. So, in other words, all that calm and healing and serenity that Biden promised, it's been further away. Some of you hearing my voice right now, you've been blessed tremendously by God in the area of finances. God gives some people a very special financial anointing, and they prosper in everything they do. And quite often, God gives such people a heart of generosity. Please contact me personally to step up and sponsor a show. My personal email address is christianpatriotnews at protonmail.com. It's on your screen now. Please use the subject line, Sponsor a show. I'm not talking about advertising a product or a service. Those are advertisers. I'm talking about supporting me and my beautiful wife personally for our work as digital soldiers, sharing truth far and wide. Thank you in advance for your incredible generosity. We are truly grateful. Let's move from the here and now, those things that are temporary, all things Q, current events, and news stories. And let's fix our eyes on that which is eternal. Let's set our eyes and our minds and our hearts on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father. Today, let's continue in our series, A Biblical Worldview. So we are programmed to look at life and everything that happens to us in a certain way. That's our worldview. And for a believer, we've got to have a biblical worldview. And what I want to do during this session is to just talk about the Bible being the inspired Word of God. You can't have a biblical worldview if you don't believe in the Bible and put confidence in it and trust that what is represented about God in the Bible is accurate. So that's what I want to deal with on today's teaching. And I want to first of all start with what does the Bible say about itself? You know, there's a lot of people that say that the Bible, oh, it's, it's great, it's inspired of God, but then they don't believe the accuracy of it. And what that does, it just dilutes and destroys. If we go back to some of the things that I said in the very first teaching in Genesis chapter 3, Satan came against the Word of God, the very first thing. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And Satan spoke through the serpent to Eve and says, Has God said? The very first thing he did was attack the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, the Lord had given Adam a command that says, You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. The word surely there means it was emphatic. There was no question about this. God had emphatically stated what would happen, what they should do, and yet Satan came and the very first thing he did was attack what God had said. Has God said? And then he says, that's not true. God, you know, it's not accurate. You won't surely die. 
And so it's the exact same thing with us. The Bible says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul was saying that in the same way that Satan beguiled Eve through his subtlety, he feared that we would be beguiled through the simplicity that's in Christ. So Satan is doing the same thing. He's attacking the Word of God. And I know that there's people watching this right now who you may be Christians, you may have committed your life to the Lord, you may believe in the gospel that when you die, you are going to go to heaven and not to hell, that your sins were placed upon Jesus and you've received Jesus as your Lord. And yet you do not believe in the inerrancy of the scripture. And if that's the case, well then Satan is going to be able to come against you and lead you off the path the same as he did Adam and Eve. You have to know that the Bible is the accurate, inspired Word of God, accurate in all of its details. And that's what I want to cover today. So the Bible is not a book that men wrote about God, but the Bible is what God inspired men to write about Him. Now that is very important that you understand that. Here's what the Bible says about itself. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The phrase here in the King James, it says, given by inspiration of God. It comes from a compound Greek word that is theophanoustos. And I, I'm not a Greek scholar, so forgive me if I mess that up. But anyway, this word means, according to the Strong's Dictionary, the first word is theos, and that means the deity, especially the supreme deity. And then the second Greek word, it means to breathe hard. Therefore, this Greek word means God breathed. And this is the way it was translated in the Amplified, the NIV, the Message Bible, all say that the scripture was God breathed. That means that God inspired men to write this. It is not just man's opinion about God. It is not human reasoning. It is God breathed. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this is a very clear statement in Scripture, the Bible commenting on itself, that it is not a book by men about God, but it is a book from God through man revealing to us His very nature. Here's what W.E. Vine said about this scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. He said that the Greek word that was translated moved in this verse means to bear, carry. It is rendered being moved in 2 Peter 1, 21, and it signifies that they were born along or impelled by the Holy Spirit's power, not acting according to their own wills or simply expressing their own thoughts, but expressing the mind of God in words provided and ministered by Him. Now, that's W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words. And so if you take what the Bible says about itself 
It says that it is God-breathed that men wrote as they were moved along, born, carried by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is inspired of God. And for you to reap the benefits of the Bible, you have to believe this. You know, the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it says that the word that was preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So that is a very clear statement that the Word has to be mixed with faith in order to get the benefit of it. And there's a lot of people who have accepted Jesus as their Lord. They've been born again, but they really do not have a confidence in the Word of God. You know, I had a woman that came to our Bible college. And in 2014, I remember it was right after we moved into our brand new facility that I call the barn up in Woodland Park, Colorado. And this woman was thanking me and saying that it had just totally changed her life. And I said, well, how has it changed your life? And she said, well, before I came to school, she said, I was just a ultra liberal. She said, I was believing in a woman's choice. I was for being tolerant towards homosexuality. I believe that we were just supposed to turn the other cheek, that we were supposed to practice tolerance. And she says, every time you got off on any of these social issues, moral issues, and you mentioned what the Bible had to say, she says, it just grated on me. It was against everything I'd ever been taught. And she said, that's the way I was when I first came here. And she says, now I have become so conservative and so strong in these areas that her own family had rejected her. So I took this woman aside and I said, look, I do not want to argue with you. I am not going to criticize you. I'm not going to say anything against you, but please explain to me how you could be a Christian and say that you loved God and yet embrace every value that is contrary to what the Bible has to say. And this woman, I mean, it was, it was very revealing to me. She says, I loved God, but I didn't love the Word. She says, you can love God and be a liberal and believe in everything that the Bible teaches against, but you cannot love the Word of God and be that way. And boy, that was really revealing to me. And there's a lot of Christians just like this that they have committed their life to the Lord because some way God convicted them. They heard enough of the gospel that they confessed Jesus as their Lord and got born again. But they haven't really tapped into the Word of God. They may say that the Bible is a Word of God, but they don't believe it. They certainly haven't studied it. They don't let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. It's impossible for you to have a biblical worldview and not believe in the accuracy of the Bible. And there's a lot of things in our society today. I'm going to be dealing with a lot of these things, such as evolution. And there's a lot of people that just believe that evolution is a proven fact. I won't be dealing with that today, but in the next topic, I'll be talking about that and contrasting what the Bible has to say about creationism versus evolution. And see, there's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, I believe in the Bible, but then they sit there and reject what the Bible has to say about creation. They reject that we were created on purpose and designed by a creator, and they just adopt evolution. That's not a biblical worldview. And I know that there may be people watching this that say, well, I believe in the Bible, but I don't believe in creation being a literal six days, and I don't believe it's important. I believe that, you know, it was more symbolism. And if you believe that, well, then Satan is going to have access 
to you because you do not believe that the Bible is literally God-breathed, inspired. People weren't moved by the Holy Spirit. Remember this, that Moses is the one who wrote the Genesis account. And Moses was not a novice. Moses spent 80 days, two 40-day periods back-to-back on the mountain in the presence of God. He saw the temple in heaven, and he came down and made a tabernacle to reflect that. But God also gave him the law and many other things. And Moses literally was in the presence of God to the place that his face shone. And I mean, he was able to just command the earth to open up and swallow his enemies. He was able to part the Red Sea. This man was in relationship with God and spent 80 days in the presence of God, so much so that when he came down, his face was glowing and shining. He had to put a cover over his face, a veil over his face, because people were afraid to look at him. A man who had been in the presence of God for 80 days without food and water, which it's impossible to go that in the natural. He was supernaturally sustained. This is the man who wrote the Genesis account. And I I believe that, man, it was inspired of God, and I believe that that's exactly the way it was. I'll be dealing with that in my next teaching. Thanks for watching today. Please support my work as a frontline soldier, sharing truth far and wide. I've got links to Give, Send, Go, DonorBox, BuyMeACoffee.com, and my Cash App all in the description box below this video. If the links don't work, it's no trouble. Simply visit www.givesendgo. That's givesendgo.com and hit the search icon. Enter my name, it's Christian Space, Patriot Space News, and I'll come up. Thank you in advance for your incredible generosity. I cannot do this without you, and together we will win, especially the good fight of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for those of us who put our faith and our hope and our trust in him.